0: Hello, listeners. Tyge Hallin here today on Coffee with Evergreen on the Evergreen Exchange podcast. Today we are joined by Connor Kavanaugh of Palladio Consulting for this 25-minute discussion. As always, enjoy the listen. All
1: views and opinions expressed by the host and any guests of the podcast are solely the individual's views and do not necessarily reflect the views of Evergreen Golf Cal. Evergreen GolfCal's clients may hold securities mentioned in this podcast at any given time. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions or be considered investment advice. Enjoy the episode.
0: Hello listeners, my name is Tig Howland and it is my pleasure to be hosting my first Coffee with Evergreen on the Evergreen Exchange Podcast. I work here out of Evergreen Govcow's Oregon office located in Lake Oswego and primarily focus on business development functions. That includes introducing prospective clients to the firm, but it also includes cultivating trustworthy and best-in-class resources for our clients. Typically, that includes estate planning attorneys, insurance and risk consultants, CPAs, lenders, and so forth. Uh, but today, uh, we're gonna be joined by a more of a, one of our niche partners. Uh, we are fortunate to be joined by a great resource for our clients, Connor Cavanaugh. He is the founder and managing partner of Palladio Consulting. Palladio Consulting is a premier firm in the Northwest, if not the country, for special needs planning. And we are lucky here at Evergreen to access his expertise and commitment to servicing the special needs community. Connor, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Tyke, thanks so much. Good to see you. Good to see you. So before I jump into this, um, I thought I'd provide a brief background. Connor and I have a long history. Not only were we college roommates, but we were teammates and fellow business school alums at Portland State. We were in each other's weddings and uh, both of our second children now were born just days apart. So I thought I'd get that out there uh, and I'm feeling very fortunate to continue a, a great personal and professional relationship now in this uh, finance industry. So anything I need to add there? No, that's a that's that's a fantastic
1: intro and everything was spot on and uh, look forward to uh, jumping further into the podcast.
0: All right, let's do that. So, Connor, tell me about Plotu Consulting and maybe just a high level overview of the services and you know how long you've been doing this and how you got into the industry and, and so forth.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me first and foremost. Um, So Palladio Consulting, we are a special needs planning firm. We have families across the country that we work with. Uh, Gosh, we've been around for about 10 years, and I think we're somewhere around 4,000 families that we've we've worked with, and special needs being – Autism, seropalsy, Down syndrome, really any intellectual, physical, or developmental disability, like that is our uh, sole focus. And so the work that we're doing is really helping them build roadmaps to, to the future. You know, you probably have friends and families and, uh, who, you know, have a son or daughter with a disability and they're thrown out of this world at diagnosis of trying to navigate not just the financial planning, like all families do, or the financial planning, but now this entirely new slew of benefits. And planning being government benefits, thinking about support planning, what to do in an emergency, where will our child live when we're no longer here, like those types of things. So that's what we hang our hat on, and that's what we enjoy doing. And we've been doing it, like I mentioned, for 10 or so years. And it's been great working with you guys uh, because, again, it's such a great partnership where we know we can lean on you for the financial planning and allow us to work alongside the the family on helping them build a long-term life care plan. So.
0: Yeah, definitely, and and maybe just uh, give a an idea of how you found this industry. Um, I kind of know how you found it, but it'd be I'm sure that you're asked that question quite a bit because it's it is such a niche, uh, an, an niche mm-hmm. uh, specialization you have. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I think most people think that I found it through personal experience where. You know, I have. You know, you have a, do you have a son or daughter that has a disability, Connor? Do you have a brother or sister? Do you have some type of personal experience? And honestly, I don't. Though after 4,000 families, I say, hey, like those are my personal experiences. I feel like those are my family. But I, um, I went to a training about three months out of college. That was a special needs planning symposium in in San Diego, and I left that saying, there's a huge need. That nobody's addressing, that you take 19% of the US population has a disability, but yet it's tough for those families to find resources and people that understand the ins and outs of the benefits. So I just said, you know what? Like, let's just focus on one particular community, find out everything about their world, and give them a really good experience. And, you know, honestly, 10 years ago, Uh, I would never have guessed we'd be doing what we're doing now, just based on the number of families that we've served and what exactly we're doing for those families. So it's been a fun journey.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I remember uh, I remember in college, you pulling a couple of us teammates out to coach in the Special Olympics. And I remember your dad inviting us to a couple of Special Olympics, Oregon uh events and coaching the basketball games and maybe going to the fundraisers and and uh so i i knew that we had you had that connection but uh i i still remember right when you first started you mentioning that so many families aren't aware of the services available to them. And especially now that you've been doing a lot, this a long time mentioning how many of the, some of the high income families or high uh, net worth families that aren't aware of some of the government benefits that are still available to them, despite their high net worth status and, and are so unaware of the resources available to them um, that aren't even affecting or, or due to their, their financial status. So yeah. maybe that's where we start. I mean, having no heard you say that many times, maybe discuss your process to, uh, When you start, when you meet a family, to determine some of those um, government benefits or other, you know, resources available to clients, um, no matter their their income level or their net worth.
1: Yeah, well, first start out by saying and kind of piggyback off that last comment you made, which is, you know, disability does not discriminate. Meaning, it doesn't matter if you make a million dollars a year or a thousand dollars a year, or you went to a community college, you went to Stanford. Like, you know, families have generally speaking, the same chance of having a child with a, a disability regardless of their income situation or their financial situation or their educational background or their job status, whatever. And I think the disability community often gets a bad rap by thinking – by you know, society thinking that it's all low-income families. you know. Um, and I think uh, media and movies and things like that has portrayed them in a negative light, which is not the case at all. I mean we do – you know, podcasts and webinars and presentations across the country and helping not just planners but families really understand that, uh, that, again, disability does not discriminate. The second thing that I'll say is it's the one section of the population that you can enter at any point in time. Right. I mean, from we think of autism and cerebral palsy and Down syndrome, you know, as special needs. But there can also be situations where somebody has a stroke at 60 years old or gets in a car accident or, you know, something like that happens. And so, again, it's just a wide ranging, you know, subset of the population and it's the largest subset of the population. So I want to kind of set the stage with that in terms of um, our process. I mean, really, it first starts with find out, out as much as we can about the family and you guys ask questions about the finances and you know the the income and the assets and what are your you know retirement goals things like that where we start the conversation is tell us about the vision for the for, for your child. Do you see them living independently at 25? You know, or are they going to stay in the transition program at at the local high school after age 18? What does employment look like in the future? And so, getting really detailed in some of those things um, is where we really start start the conversation. And then, um, with that, things go many many different different directions. Um, that when you start to think about, you know, laying a foundation, government benefits, special needs trusts starting to you know think about housing options i mean there's many different you know subsets of all this but you know finding out, out about the hopes and the dreams and the future vision of of the uh, individual is is at at the top of the list
0: yeah that's certainly been one of the better partnerships we've had or reasons for the partnerships being so successful is because you know we obviously have our process to like, as you mentioned really you know Develop as close of a relationship as possible to, to really help clients achieve their goals. And then uh, for you, I mean, I imagine your relationships with clients are even so much deeper because of um, how uh, integral you are to the, uh, the success and the, the enrichment of the life of the, of the child experiencing special needs. So do you find that uh, more rewarding? I mean, is that, I'm imagining that that's been a part of the, the major. The reason you've um, focused in this community and and or are, are thriving and, and enjoying the, the work.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I would say you're, you're probably right. I mean, I, you know, I haven't really consciously thought about this, but I think based on the questions and the information we're finding out about families, the relationship is fairly, fairly strong. I mean, we're both parents, mm-hmm. me and you. Right. And we would do anything for our kids and even society in general. It shows that parents will do anything for their kids. They'll pay three hundred dollars, three hundred thousand dollars for higher education. They'll pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars for a wedding. You know, parents just do those things for their kids. Well, when you take into account the situation of your child having a disability, and maybe their um, situation changes, that maybe you're unsure about whether they're going to be gainfully employed, you know, at twenty-five, or maybe they'll never be able to live independently with, without. Supports in those situations, parents will do 10x or 100x of what you know we think um, just because their kids mean so much to them. And so I think when we start having those 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 conversations, it just shows that uh, parents take this very very seriously. They're willing to do whatever it takes and. you know, when we're helping them figure out like what's the next step in the plan after a diagnosis, or after they turn age eighteen, or after you know parents retire, or whatever it is, um, they're ready to, to take that action item, you know, uh, because it, it means just so much to them. So,
0: yeah, certainly. And I think so. It might be helpful. So you you take on a client, um, you know, no matter the special need. What are what are the you know top Five or two, or you're just providing examples of what are you typically um, doing for a client in that first year, and then as you've you know maintain the client, what does that look like as, as a relationship with Plaudio?
1: Yep. So we work with families, um, like I mentioned, all across the country, uh, many different diagnoses, may, many many different ages. So it 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 varies, but most of the families where we're starting is. Figuring out what government benefits is your child eligible for, or are they not taking advantage of, or are they not maximizing? And obviously it changes depending on on the situation, but generally speaking, we see the government benefits that are out there. And I'll talk here in a moment about what those government benefits are as the foundation to an overall life care plan. So, for example, you got Social Security benefits. You got ssi and you have ssdi both are social security programs that, that an individual experiencing disability could be eligible for we don't have time i know to get into both of what those are but those are income programs that are incredibly important now often we see families not fully understanding when is their child going to be eligible what the amount's going to be you know how does uh, uh wages from employment impact their eligibility there, there's lots there secondly and probably the most important government benefit in my opinion and i would go to go to bat against you know anyone that would say anything different medicaid is the most important needs based benefit out there now people think medicaid is just a health insurance program it's actually far more than that medicaid pays for you know job training which is commonly referred to in the state of washington as dvr department of vocational rehabilitation or vr in other states it pays for personal support work hours it pays for a service coordinator through the county so when you start to think about all these different supports health insurance is important and medicaid provides that but it provides also far more than than uh, just that so there's more benefits out there section 8 housing um snap benefits food stamps basically but Social Security and Medicaid are the two most important, and so that's where we, we really start to, you know, um, begin the conversation. Um, because from a financial planning perspective, we always say, "Gosh, if we can lean on these government benefits to begin, you know, to begin providing support, that allows the special needs trust or their conservator account to not have to, you know, uh, distribute all all this, you know, income or money, you know, uh, if we can, you know, have some other entity pay for it." So. Long way of saying we typically start the conversation of tell us what types of government benefits your child's on. Tell us about their disability. Let's make sure that we're maximizing those.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, you're you're meeting with clients, uh, you know, six, seven, eight times a year. um, And uh, especially as you're onboarding a client. Um, And I imagine at some point you're going to come to long term care planning as well. Um, I think that's um, been a is a huge part of our conversation with clients looking at, you know, retirement, post-retirement um, lifestyle, um, l- long term care for health. Uh, maybe discuss some of the, uh, the special needs trust planning you're, you're doing with families. And, um, you know, I'm assuming most of your conversations you're having with uh, about children's experience, special needs or, you know, what's going to happen once the parents are no longer there.
1: I would say, Tyg, that's probably the biggest concern we hear from families, regardless of their age, regardless of the situation. They could be in their early 30s or their late 80s, and their biggest concern is at some point we're no longer no longer going to be here to take care of our son or daughter with a disability. What happens then? And so that's where many of these foundational planning tools come into play. Like you mentioned, Special Needs Trust. So, Um, When you think about some of the most important pillars to a special needs plan, a special needs trust is really at the forefront of that. And what a special needs trust is, is when you think about government benefits, for an individual to be eligible for SSI or for Medicaid, there is a strict $2,000 asset limit. It's a hard and fast rule. Basically, if your child's receiving Medicaid and they get a $3,000 check – the moment that check is cashed, they're over that $2,000 limit. They're no longer eligible. Now, you take a family who has a net worth of 5 or $10 million and you say, okay, they have a child, an only child, and they're going to receive 100% of their estate when the parents pass away. Well, obviously, 10 million is more than 2,000. And so, what happens if if you name that child with a disability as the primary beneficiary on a retirement account, or a trust, or some other type of you know uh, investment account or you know life insurance? Well, they're going to lose all their benefits. And so, the special needs trust comes into play, where. Family drafts a special needs trust, they leave those assets to a special needs trust, and the big benefit of of a special needs trust is all the money inside of it is not countable towards that $2,000 limit. So theoretically, you could have an individual receiving their $841-a-month SSI benefit and receiving their Medicaid-funded personal support work hours – … but yet still have access to a 5 million dollar special needs trust to help them live on top of what government benefits provide because we know it doesn't matter you know where you live in the country government programs are not supposed to cover everything and will never cover everything when you think about you know uh, supporting an individual with a disability uh, i think shoot blazer tickets right now are 79 bucks you know for a game and then you think about an individual having to take a support worker Buying cokes and a hot dog. I mean, you got a two hundred or three hundred dollar trip real quick. So, that's where the the, special needs trust comes into play. Is allows the individual eligibility for those important benefits, also the ability to make distributions from the trust to support them on top of that. So.
0: Yeah, and so when you're when you have a special needs trust, it comes in. You obviously we often see. Um, You know, parents funding a special needs trust, a grandparent funding a special needs trust, you know, aunts, uncles, maybe talk a little bit about some of the families you work with and who, maybe how your advice might change uh, who, depending on who is uh, maybe funding the special needs trust or maybe who's planning out the care for a family member, maybe it doesn't change at all. But I, I seem to see that there's always, you know, every family's different. I'm, I'm assuming you're working with uh, a number of different family members that, that are caring for, you know, a child with, uh, experiencing a special need.
1: Yep. I think th- the first step in all of it is, you know, whether it's the grandparent who's the who's the leading member of a support system or a parent is let's get everybody on the same page and let's get everybody you know on a phone call or a Zoom meeting or sitting down in person and say what are we trying to accomplish in this overall plan because you know one getting getting people on the same page is in, is, is important because often two parents have different ideas of. What we're going to save every month and what different uh, vehicles we're going to use to support our son or daughter then when you get an aunt or an uncle or a brother or sister or, or a grandparent involved then it becomes just that much more you know not so much complicated but we want to get everyone on the same page the second thing is let's take a look at the diagnosis of the individual and the age and the vision for the future i mean in terms of you know the funding of a special needs trust or what vehicles you would establish to support them or what benefits you'd apply for determines largely on you know um do they have a developmental disability do we see them to be gainfully employed potentially at you know 22 are they going to go to college are they going to live independently do we think they're going to get married you know all these types of things um and so you know, depending on, you know, some of those, you know, factors, I think, I think dictates a lot. Um, often, well, I'll stop there. Cause I don't want to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Connor, I, I've told Connor 20 to <laughs> 20 minutes. Yeah. is kind of the sweet spot. We're almost at the 20 minute mark. So, you know, I think maybe to, to wrap up here, you know, you know, maybe there's a couple more here, but I think um, just thinking about hearing you speak, I, I it's so obvious you have such command of the subject. It, it might be helpful to hear maybe just some of the most successful or, or re, um, re, most rewarding stories you've had. If so, any one comes to mind, not to put you on the spot, I'll, yeah. I'll maybe put a little bit more filler here uh, while you're thinking, but I, I just think. Um, knowing that you've been working with now 4,000 families, um, I'm imagining that there are so many that are so rewarding, but, uh, maybe just an example or two of some of the, the successful or the win, the big wins you've had that you just really felt like you really made an impact in the family's life.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm going to kind of work around your question. I'll answer it directly by saying the big wins surprisingly to me, as I think about it are all the little small wins. I mean, we, we've had the chance to work with families, you know, Well over 4,000 families now, 11 different states, three different countries, and each of those families that we've ever touched, I feel extremely confident in saying uh, we've made it. An impact, whether they've actually hired us to help them build a plan, or it's just a 30-minute phone call of saying, "Hey, you you have to apply for Washington County Developmental Disability Services benefits. It's going to provide you A, B, and C." Um, So, it's the small wins, I would say, of all of those small little touches and impact that, in my mind, is the the big win overall. Because, hey, when you have you know, 19% of the U.S. population has a disability, and we've seen and heard the stories from families of everything from their child being, or, you know, or grandchild being bullied at school to, you know, somebody telling them that he or she can never, you know, have a full time job or whatever it is, helping them feel more confident because they're not alone. There's great organizations, there's, you know, great, uh, you know, resources and benefits out there that can help support them in their journey. So, it's fun to see. Uh, it's fun to be able to, you know, get in front of those families and, and to hear their story and then make sure that they're taking, you know, action items forward to accomplish their goals. So,
0: yeah, I think I reiterate that. I mean, I think our biggest goal as a firm is to, you know, reassure and confidently, um, confidently manage and prepare for uh, a client's you know life uh, through their financial plan. And I think. Uh, the biggest challenge in that is when there's a space or an area that we need to bring in an outside expert. And I think, you know, we want clients to sleep well at night. Obviously, the market has not been uh, fun in 2022. So um, our work's been cut out for us to make sure that we have the right financial plan in place, to make sure that we are uh, have the right, correct asset allocation, to reassure um you know, our clients that we are doing everything we, we can and prepared for, you know, what what is to come. And so you know, anytime we can bring on uh, an excellent partner and and in this case, um, bring in, bring you in to to really make sure that the client is sleeping well at night to know that they've done everything they can from an outside expert to look at, you know, the, the special needs plan uh, moving forward, I think has been uh, super va- valuable for our clients. And and obviously it's it's a great partnership. Is there anything we've missed today at all?
1: No, I think, uh, you know, you said 20 or 30 minutes, you know, I thought when you said 20 or 30, the, the first time we chatted about this podcast, I thought you meant 20 or 30 segments. Cause that's really <laughs> like what this, what this could be when you think about all the different, you know, aspects and avenues of specialties planning. But, um, I think just to piggyback on your last point, we've seen families, you know, hit optimal success when, they feel confident about their own financial situation, and then they can go in full bore to the special needs planning for their for their son or daughter or grandchild or whoever it is, by knowing, okay, we got all of these things set up. Our retirement planning is um, is on the right track. It's ready to go. Now we can start to venture into what assets will we leave to our child's special needs trust? How much do we need to leave? Is it four hundred thousand? Is it four million? what benefits should we apply for? And they can really focus on that. So it becomes daunting and overwhelming when families have to think about all of it by themselves, but rather when you can start compartmentalizing things, it gives, you know, a much higher, higher chance of success. So I guess that was a a long way of saying, you know, thanks for your partnership as well, because it's, it's uh, clearly paid off, you know, uh, in the eyes of the client. So,
0: yeah, certainly. And I know. Uh, one last little thing here. Connor has just celebrated the, the birth of his third child. He has one three-year-old and one 2 year or one one-year-old and one newborn. So uh, <laughs> we're wrapping up here on a Friday afternoon and I'm sure he's got uh, some some more work to do. So thank you. Good luck. Uh, you know I, I still can't wait to hear about how uh, you're getting these three to bed. Uh, I, you said there's no strategy. It's just chaos and I, I can't imagine. So Thank you for uh, the partnership, and thank you for joining us today, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Tyke, for having me.
1: Evergreen GovCal is a wealth management firm with offices in Bellevue, Washington, Portland, Oregon, and California's Bay Area. We provide investment management, tax compliance, family office, and retirement planning services. Evergreen is accepting applications for new clients who align with our firm's investment and planning approach. If you think you might be a fit with us, follow the link in the show notes to fill out our prospective client compatibility survey.